Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the iTalk Credit Radio Show with your host, Ira Royal, using financial literacy to inspire, motivate, and empower people to set and achieve goals in all aspects of life. financial literacy to inspire, motivate, and empower people to set and achieve goals in all aspects of life. Join us every Thursday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Cat Builder Network. To be a guest or for more information, go to italkcredit.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the iTalk Credit Radio Show. This is your host, Ira Royal. Well, our mission is to educate, empower, and truly challenge people to take control of their financial lifestyle. We do that through multiple ways. We say we need to obtain it through being proactive, planning, and being committed to the cause. We need to maintain it by being aware and dedicated to your daily behaviors. And then we need to explain it. You need to share your journey, help a friend. Always say, each one, teach one. Again, my name is Ira Royal, and I'll be your host this evening. We have a great show lined up. A bunch of guests that are really in the community helping people reach their goals, empowering our youth, empowering small businesses, and really changing this thing we call financial literacy and make it so people can, you know, be in a position to have knowledge that they need. We have a couple of people joining the show today, Mr. Chris Frederick. Um, You know, he's on the show about every other week and really... I love Chris because he gives us what we need. He gives us the knowledge through his multiple years being in the financial industry. He, he breaks it down in a way that we can truly digest it. We can take it and use it however we need to, whether that's personal, whether that's some of our businesses, whether that's something we need to motivate us for the week. He's always there. He's giving it to us in a real and relevant way. Then we have Mr. Jeff Broome, He's the Vice President of Credit Concepts. Um, he's going to speak to us this evening. He was on a the National Action Network on April 27th. He was one of the panelists where they really, you know, the goal and well, the mission and, and the objective and topic of that was um, empowering the community to make sure that they make smart financial decisions. That's the gist of it. And really, so we're talking about credit, we're talking about banking, we're talking about entrepreneurship, a lot of different things that happen in our community, but making sure people are aware, one, that, you know, there are certain things that you can be proactive and that you can be doing to have you um, take advantage of certain things or be successful in the future, right? And we always talk about that. We always talk about what can we do now to change the trajectory of our life and to make sure we're set up for success in the future. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And we might have my boy Mick Todd come through with the Promising Project as well. To kind of, He has a global initiative that he's doing to really just change the, the, the way people view financial literacy, especially when it comes to life insurance and wills and setting yourself up for um, success in the future. So he might roll through the show today, too. Again, we got a, we got a load of people, and we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some good music. We're going to have some laughs, and we're trying to do this thing called financial literacy and credit literacy and put, put a little bit of sexy back into it, right? Nobody wants a mundane show where they just listen to somebody rattle off facts and figures. You get that every day. But we try to bring a real and relevant discussion and do it in a way that is appealing. So 
So I appreciate you listening today. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to start off with my man, Chris Fred. He's going to talk to us about profit and loss in terms of loan approvals, right? That's something that we definitely need to know about. So sit back, and we'll be right back. This is I Talk Credit on the Cap Dealer Network. Thank you. 
Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. We want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Welcome back to the iTalk Credit Show. This is your host, Ira Royal, and we are having a lot of technical difficulties today, but you know what? We're going to keep it moving. We're going to get focused, and we're going to work through it, and we're going to have a great show, but I appreciate you just sticking in there with me and, and having faith with us, so we're going to bring on Mr. Chris Frederick to the show. Chris, what's going on, man? Hey, what's happening? I haven't done much, man. You know, I'm just trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents, brother. How you doing? Hey, man. It's, uh, me and you both, man. Yo, can you hear me, dude? I feel like I'm really low. Uh, yeah, I can hear you. You was, you was low for a second, but I can hear you a little, a little better now. Okay, can you perfect, hear me? perfect. Well, what's going on with you, man? How was your week so far? Uh, man, week is great, man. Can't complain. NBA playoffs, so it's always good. Uh, you know, I know, so me I'm too, man. Good, I, need my, man. I need my Golden State Warriors to pull it out, man. I need them to go ahead and get this get this W for us, take the ship home. Hey, man, they looking mighty good right now, mighty good. Oh, that's right, cool. Well, what you going to talk about today, Chris, man? I know me and you discussed, you know, you going over profit and loss and how important that is to small businesses and how they need to use that to really make sure they come to the table when they're talking to bankers. Um, to have a chance of getting that loan that they need to expand or buy different type of equipment or products. So what you got for us today, brother? Right, absolutely, man. Profit and loss, man. Like, um, it's an important document. Uh, any investor that you want to invest in your company or a bank that you want to finance, that's one of the uh, number one things they want to look at. It's going to be your profit and loss statement uh, or some people may call it an income statement uh, just to make it simple. It just shows how much money you're making, which at the end of the day is the name of the game. How much money are you making? Can you pay that loan back? So, you know, we can kind of just like go through the top, you know, the very first thing most of the time on your P&L statement. Some of them do have different formats, but most of the time it's going to be sales, gross sales, how much money you made before any expenses got taken out, before you paid any employees, before you paid yourself. How much money you made? How much product did you sell or services did you sell? When uh, you hear on the news when they say, you know, Facebook made, you know, $100 million this quarter or, or whatever, or Pepsi made, not Pepsi, let's not say Pepsi, Coca-Cola made $100 million this quarter. What they're saying is that's how much they sold. So that's not necessarily how much they made and how much they profit. It's just how much they sold. Um, after that, usually it's going to show your cost of goods. So 
when we say cost of goods, not every company is going to show cost of goods on their P&L. Cost of goods is something like if you're selling a product. Um, like I know today um, my man Alonzo Ball decided that, he, you know, they dropped the shoe for his son, the, the big baller brand they're calling it. So for them, their cost of goods is going to be the material that they use to make that shoe. So the leather and the soles and the shoe strings, whatever it takes to actually make the shoe. So let's say it may take them, it may cost them 25 bucks a shoe to make. So however many shoes they made, that's going to be in their cost of goods sold. And when you take your sales minus your cost of goods sold, that's your net sales. Um, that's how people also calculate what you call your uh, gross profit margin, which is a big thing. A lot of a lot of um, investors or the banks they want to see what your gross profit margin is. That that's basically, you know, how much is that spread? Like, in, let's say the the balls, the big ball of brand, Lonzo Ball. Let's say they're making that shoe for fifty bucks. And I think they're supposed to be selling it for four fifty. They're making four hundred dollars a shoe. And I don't know if they're making four hundred dollars a shoe. I'm making these numbers up, but they possibly could. And you know, that's that's really what investors like to see. They want to see that you are really have a great margin like that, because um, that shows that that's a good indicator that the company um, can be profitable. Um, after that, is usually will be your operating expenses. Listed on that P&L statement, so your operating expenses is just going to um, have, you know, your salaries and wages. If you're paying yourself, the light bill, the time warning bill, everything that gets that company running. Um, rent, if you're renting a space to either make your product or sell your product, all that stuff is going to be an operating expense. And then you're going to have, obviously, after that, your, your net operating profits after you deduct your expenses from your net sales. So, you know, that's kind of how we can see how profitable you are. So, you know, a lot of times, um, obviously, if you sell more product, um, you have a great chance to be even more profitable than the previous year. But, you know, a lot of companies' sales stay stable, but they get more profit or they're more profitable that following year because they learn how to control those expenses, those operating expenses, or they find a cheaper way to make their product if they're selling the product so that our net sales um, is, is, is more attractive. So, you know, what you can always sell more, but another way you can make more money if you have your business is controlling expenses. And a lot of people uh, forget about the operating expense part and, you know, the cost of goods. Um, that is a great way to show your company it's more profitable without necessarily uh, increasing sales. We always want to increase sales, but sometimes companies increase sales, but because they're not paying attention to the little things and how they're operating, they're not even as profitable even though sales increased. I see it all the time. Sales go up maybe 10 15%, but profit um, they only went up like 2% or go down maybe a couple percents or a couple points just because they're not controlling those expenses. That makes perfect sense, Chris. In your opinion, so when you have companies and they work on this business plan, right, and they do forecasting, so they're going to forecast sales, you know, forecast profit. Sometimes they do one to three. Sometimes they do one to five. In your opinion, should they spend more time really looking at that, um, looking at, you know, what's the money that's going out that's going to be one to six? What's going to be variable? You know, should they, you know, account for, 
know, depreciation. So they have all these things in place when they go to the bank to say, hey, look, here's my forecasted sales revenue, and here are my forecasted expenses, and here's what I need you to do to help my business, you know, whether that's expand or purchase, whatever. How important is that document where they give, hey, here are my expenses. I want you to see these things up front. Yeah, absolutely. That's very important. Um, you know, I, I I sometimes like to tell uh, business owners when they come to me, like, don't be scared and maybe even do a, a worst-case scenario, a most likely scenario, and a best-case scenario when you're doing your projections. And, and another thing you can do when you're forecasting is also do industry research. You know, see what was typical in your particular industry. So if you're going to do a food truck and, you know, you say you're, you, you know, you don't found the secret recipe that had that perfect chicken wing, uh, do, do industry research on food trucks or restaurants, and you can get a good idea of what those expenses are going to be. So I absolutely, you want to make sure you account for those expenses, account for the de- depreciation, and you also want to tell why you think you're going to make this amount of sales or and this is what it's going to cost for your expenses. Um, a lot of times investors or financial institutions, um, they, they, they're going to do their research. So if your numbers are a little off than theirs or if something raises an eyebrow, it helps if you have why that is. Like, so let's just say, for instance, you have rent that's super low, you got, you know, on your on your rent expenses, let's say you say, you know, I'm gonna have three thousand dollars for the year of rent expense. You know, most people are gonna rent out, raise an eyebrow. They're like, where is he gonna rent for three thousand dollars a year? But you know, maybe you found a particular spot somewhere in the area where rent is very low, and you got in at a good deal. Then when you do those projections, that you want to note so that the banker or your investor can know that and know like, hey, this is this is most likely this is what their rent's gonna be because of this and they want because sometimes banks get your projections and they do some adjustments based off the information they have. So and you know, obviously then you know, it may not make your company's projections look as profitable. So yes, I say do your research, know why it is, um, why you want those projections there and be able to tell the story. Um, I also recommend if for some reason once you're in business and your historical financials are out of whack or maybe you had a huge one-time expense, to also note that um, to whatever bank that you're using so they understand, oh, okay, this is a one-time expense this year, this won't happen again, and maybe they can add that, that, add that back to profit. Gotcha. So do they, uh, and I, I kind of know the answer to this question, but I think some of our audience really needs to hear this as well. So banks, mm-hmm. some banks are conservative. Some banks are a little bit lax when it comes to small business lending. Talk about the importance of really establishing that relationship with your bank or being proactive to find out, hey, look, does this bank actually lend to my industry? Um, because, again, we can have our P&L, right? We can have our cash flow statements, you know, income statements, balance sheet. But if that bank views your industry as risky and then that really – willing to lend, then I feel like you're wasting a lot of time if you're not being proactive and really doing that research up front. Talk about that a little bit. Right, you're you're right. You're you're on the money hour. I mean most banks have particular industries that they um target. Um and, and, and for the most part it's 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 usually um around the same type of industry. Um you're, it's it's hard to find that information on the website. Some banks may have it on there. A lot of times what you would see 
is uh, they may, uh, maybe banks won't necessarily have what industries they do not want, but you'll see, like, you can tell what industries they do like. You maybe can tell by the pictures they have on there or the examples they give. You can tell what industries they do like, what industries they are attracted to, and, and those are the, um, the target industries. Um, and most of those industries are just low risk. Like, there are a lot of industries that are high risk. For example, one of the number one small businesses that everybody wants to open is a restaurant. And restaurants are really high risk just for the simple fact that most restaurants go out of business. It's, it's just proven facts. It's in the numbers. So, um, that's high risk in a lot of uh, – now, banks will still finance restaurants, but, you know, they're, they're going to scrutinize those financials and your credit package a little more to make sure that they really have a good source of repayment, a strong secondary source of repayment. They're really going to look at credit scores hard, and they really want to see that historical revenue there. Uh, just because they already know there's a high-risk industry. So, you know, banks are still financing, but they're not going to be aggressive going out necessarily seeking um, those uh, type of restaurants. But, but, but what they will do is even if it is, quote-unquote, a high-risk industry, all banks want your deposit site. All banks want your checking account. All banks want your main operating account. All banks want your savings account. All banks want your employees to also bring their deposits. So I always say, like, uh, uh, one one way to build a relationship is, you know, start with the deposits. Let them see it. Let those deposits build up. Uh, then when you have that loan request, um, and, and, and it's kind of a given, like, hey, they have a lot of deposits with us. We don't want to lose these deposits. Um uh, a lot of financial institutions uh, seem to um, try really hard to make deals work when they know you already have those deposits, if that makes sense. Yeah, they want those ho- household accounts. But, you know, you, you, mentioned something that was, you mentioned something that was very important. And um, and so first thing, listeners, like we're not telling you if you have a restaurant or if that's your vision or if that's your goal to start a restaurant that – you're not able to get funding for that. We're telling you to do your right. research. We're telling you you have to go on with a game plan. You have to go on with a strategy because that's viewed as a risky industry. I right. heard statistics right. like one to two, maybe three years is the most they give restaurants before they fold. Um, you know, I used yep. to hear those all the time. But um, like Chris right. said, if that's your goal, then have a game plan. You know, come in there with your financials. Like you said, those accounts, um, you said this many times, Chris, not just an account where money is going in and going out. We used to call that wash accounts, right? But a, a reserve right. account where the money stays there for a while, right, where they can actually see you're, you're adding way more into it than you're taking out. Um, I think right. that's really important. Yeah, what about yes, collateral? Uh, so when you're looking at that P&L statement and you're approaching the bank, um, how, how big or how important is having some type of collateral that you can say, hey, look, if something happens, here, take this. Right, absolutely. You know, collateral is the key. So, like, if you have a restaurant and, you know, you already have a building um, that you want to put it in and, and you want to buy that building, it's, you know, it's, it comes a lot easier to, to get that loan. I, I, I know a lot of people that open restaurants, a lot of them have to do home equity lines in their primary home um, because that's a solid piece of collateral that the bank feels confident in and it's a secondary source of repayment if something was to happen. So, um yeah, yeah, collateral is definitely key. Um, a lot of times on your balance sheet, you you know, you'll have fixed assets, so the bank may ask if you have equipment, 
um, in your restaurant, whether it's stoves and and uh, ovens and that type of thing, uh, the bank may take that as collateral as well um, just to make sure um, they have a secondary source of repayment, um, you know, lost in default. So, yeah, absolutely. Collateral is absolutely a big key uh, when it comes to lending. And, and like you said, Ira, if you have a vision on doing a restaurant, absolutely move forward with it. The um, key is, though, when you go to the bank for financing, is to make sure you have those ducks in a row. Uh, make sure if you, if, if you have historical financials, you can you show historical financials where you're making money. If you haven't opened yet and you have projections, show those projections, but really have solid foundation of why those are your projections and why you think you're going to reach your sales numbers. Make sure that credit score looks good, and and, and make sure, especially if, you want to open the restaurant so you don't have historical data to show, make sure those personal finances are in order. Make sure that that personal credit score is good. Uh, make sure that uh, you have good liquidity personally. You know, be able to show that, you know, all the bank wants to know is, like, if something was to go wrong, we know that you can still take care of this loan if, for whatever reason, the restaurant isn't, um, isn't to make it. And, and, and nobody, we know your restaurant's going to make it. We want your restaurant to make it. But when we're dealing with a risky industry, the banks really want to make sure that they have some type of secondary source of repayment uh, just in case it doesn't. The, uh, the bank has to always think worst-case scenario. And, and that's the case even if you come in in a great industry. Um, they're still going to look at worst-case scenario. Yeah, makes perfect sense. And, um, you know, and this is where somebody with your expertise will come in, Chris, right? So let the viewers know, like, you're here to say if they need help with, you know, arranging their – not arranging their financials, but making sure that they have everything in place so when they approach the bank or whatever type of, you know, alternative lending organization they want to approach to get a loan, that they have their, as we say, their ducks in order, right? That they come prepared, they come about their business, and they're not sitting across the table from somebody who's speaking in another language, we call the bank language, and they don't know anything. They have no idea what to talk about. They have some sort of, they're coming to the table with a plan, first and foremost. They're coming to that table knowing what they want and knowing possibly what some of their options are and can have that discussion. So, Tell the viewers how they can get in contact with you and what you can do to help them. Right, absolutely. At Chris Credit Solutions uh, at gmail.com, you can send me an email if you have any questions, especially if you know you're about to present a package to the bank and, and you kind of want to get kind of a brief idea if your duck's in a row or if you just got a couple questions to ask me about you putting your package together, I can do that too. Um, you know, a lot of business owners come to me right before they go to the bank just to make sure they have their ducks in a row because sometimes, you know, first impression means a lot. So, you know, you want to make sure when you go in there the first time, uh, you, you really got a good credit um, package, you, you're, you have a good credit um, background, just explaining your company and why you're doing it and how many years you have in the industry. You know, I'm showing those financials. If it's on the Excel trail sheet, you know, you kind of got everything easy to follow. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, people go to banks and it's kind of all over the place and they just dump a whole bunch of papers. You want to make it easy for that bank to really follow what what the numbers are and what you did. You don't want that banker to have to work to figure it out because, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you just don't know who you're dealing with and you don't, you don't want someone to tell you no just because it, it might took a little too much effort and they didn't want to put the work in. You want to make it easy for them so it's easy, you know, and, it's, and a higher possibility of you getting that yes. So Chris 
creditsolutions at gmail.com. Feel free to email me questions. Or maybe you just got a question uh, you want me and Ira to address here on the show. Uh, next time I'm on, we're, uh, we're absolutely uh, uh, willing to do that as well. Awesome, awesome. Chris, thank you so much, man, as always. Great, relevant information, easy to digest, and I think that's important. I think we need we need to do more to, to help um, empower people so that when they step in those positions where they need those loans, they have all their ducks in order, their paperwork right, and they can get those yeses. So we can start generating more small business loans. More small business can excel. We can start employing more people. So, so it's a yeah, cycle. Absolutely. 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 You got it. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. All right, brother. Have a good one, man. All right. You too. That was Chris with Chris Credit Solutions. Yeah, definitely, you know, use them as a resource. Reach out to him. If you just have questions about, hey, look, is this industry that I'm starting to get into, is it risky? Is it is it considered something that a lot of banks lend to? How can I um, be proactive about making sure all of my documents and statements are in order so I can have a successful experience in my business when it comes to your financials um, in any way? So we're going to take a quick break. Listen to a little bit of new edition, my favorite group. And we're going to come back with Mr. Jeff Broom, Vice President of Credit Concepts, who was on the National Action Network panel on April 27th. And he's going to tell us a little bit about that and, and what they were doing and how they were impacting the community. So stay in your seat, keep listening. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the I Talk Credit Radio Show. This is your host, Ira Royal. Give you a little bit of a new addition. You know, I tell some of my friends, if it ain't that 80s, 90s love, I don't want it. But we're about to welcome Mr. Jeff Broom on the show right now. Jeff, what's up, man? What's going on, my brother? How you doing? Can you hear me? I can hear you great, man. I can hear you really well. How you doing? Life is good in the big city. Um, No complaints, man. Woke up this morning, that's half the battle. And the other half is making something happen and making it count and getting something done productive. So we accomplished both of those today. That's right. That's right, man. I love listening to you, man. I love hearing what you have to say, whether it's on a panel, whether it's on a show, um, whether it's just talking in front of you. You're so, you're so motivational, man. You just you shake things up in me and just make me want to do more and get up every day and make sure I'm making a difference. So I appreciate it. I appreciate that about you, man. Awesome, man. You know, it's, a, it's a, you know, being alive in 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 this country. You know, I always tell people that um, you know, this is we're in America. People die, you know, to come here, right? We all know this, and uh, we're in the middle of the supermarket, and you can't be hungry in the middle of the supermarket. There's food all around us, so sometimes we got got to do a little introspection and figure out how to shop. Uh, and what we need to do to eat in this country. But there's, there's opportunity all around us. So I appreciate you and shows like this and forums and venues like this where we can learn how to shop because you can't be hungry in the middle of the supermarket. So that's where we are. Awesome. I like that. Well, Mr. Broom, of course, you are the vice president of Credit Concepts, an organization that, I mean, you, you work on a uh, – you know, all across the United States. But, you know, your home office is in Bronx, um, and you have a credit literacy center there. But you personally were on the National Action Network, um, a panelist on that network, at a conference called Our Money, Our Power, right? And I thought that was absolutely amazing. You know, you shared the stage with, you know, CEOs and directors of financial education programs at banks. Um, Talk to me a little bit about that experience, you know, Give me a little bit about what that the atmosphere was in that room and what people were talking about and, and just the why. Like, why were you guys gathered together on that, you know, panel and what were you talking about and what was just some of the responses and questions? And first of all, I just applaud you on even being there because, I mean, you definitely deserve to be there, but, um, you know, anytime you take time out of your own day to give back to the community by just sharing knowledge that you're in on a daily basis, that's always an amazing thing. So we appreciate that. But just give us a little bit more information about, you know, that panel and that program. Yeah, um, you know, the very broad question, a lot of information to, uh, to disseminate. So the National Action Network is the nonprofit organization of Mr. Al Sharpton. So he's been, this was founded since 1991, and every year they do an annual convention here in New York City. Um, it's about a four- or five-day event, um, and, and it's absolutely a great forum for individuals. Obviously, they cover a number of different topics about prison, about prison reform, uh, from gun control and gun violence, um, just, you know, our communities. Um, how we handle political issues in our community. Uh, it's just a vast uh, grouping of individuals. Uh, I had the opportunity to sit down with Martin Luther King Jr.'s son, Martin Luther King III. Um, you know, we had a dinner for Harry Belafonte one evening. Uh, he turned 90 years old, uh, still looks extremely good for his age. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson hosted the event gave out some awards to some phenomenal movers and shakers in terms of men and women in the community here. 
Um, had some panels with uh, Hill Harper and a lot of other individuals. Spike Lee was in attendance. Uh, Dr. Uh, Michael Eric Dyson was there as well. So it was just a very enlightening experience uh, for those, uh, the brown-skinned uh, people, African-American people, Latino people. Um, so I was honored to be a part of that. We honored some women at a luncheon. Uh, Amarosa was there. Uh, Angela Rye was there. She did a phenomenal job. And, uh, you know, just some very awesome women that were also recognized at that event. So uh, if you haven't ever gone, uh, then you certainly want to be a part of the next time they have the National Action Network. So great event. Um, in reference to myself, I had the opportunity, like you said, our money, our power to sit on a panel, uh, and I'll just name the panelists that were there. Uh, we had an opening remarks from uh, the Honorable Charles Rangel, a retired congressman, but has been in Congress for many years uh, out of New York. So he was there, and he opened up his remarks about some of the things about what's going on in today's world and the economy. Uh, Nicole Reynolds, the vice president of MasterCard, was there. She was on the panel, moderated it. Clayola Brown, president of the A. Philip Randolph Institute. Sabrina Lamb, founder and CEO of World of Money. Uh, these are all people you want to Google and things you want to look up. World of Money is phenomenal. Uh, little videos they put together to learn different aspects about money. A uh, brother named Ash Cass Exotis, director of financial education for Bank, uh, Bank Mobile. And uh, Wal Colson, founder and CEO of Mobility Capital Finance. So it was a, and then myself. So it was a very uh, astute group of individuals that were there. And uh, I think our panel discussion is very much needed because money is power. Uh, and without money, then you know, credit certainly is. If cash is not king, credit is certainly right behind that. So we talked about a number of different topics, Ira, and uh, they were very moving. Um, you know, hundreds of people in the audience. And the one thing I'm just going to talk about very quickly that was a, a very, uh, I thought was thought-provoking, um, some of it was about what they call financial deserts. And uh, for those of you guys who don't know what a financial desert is, some people, they have in certain areas, they have what's called food deserts, meaning they don't have access to supermarkets, only little delis and luncheonettes and what we call in New York City bodegas, uh, and Chinese food, but not access to real healthy food. Those are called food deserts. But we also have what we call financial deserts, uh, not having access to banking. So, Ira, I thought it was very interesting, and if you permit me, I'm just going to run through about maybe seven or eight facts that I believe your audience would be uh, very interested to hear about how we bank as minorities in this country. So, if that's okay with you, I'm just going to run over a couple of figures. Is that cool? Brother, you have the floor. Please do. <laughs> Appreciate that. So we're going to talk about what's called being underserved. This is huge because a lot of us understand that, you know, we don't necessarily utilize and leverage the banking. So financially underserved individuals, they, they, they pay a price for managing their money outside of the modern economy which is your normal banking, right? Your Chase, Citibanks, Wells Fargo, Bank of America. Unbanked households do not have any. So we're going to go unbanked and underbanked. An unbanked household right here in this country that they do not have any type of checking or savings account. While an underbanked household, they either have a checking or savings account, maybe not a lot of money in it, 
but they still rely upon alternative financial services, okay? And here's what it costs. Now, what's an alternative financial service? When you're in a place where you have a financial desert, you don't have access to banks. And you know when you're in the area, because what do you see? A lot of check cashing places, right? Those are, the, those, are those things that a lot of porn shops. Those are what you've been. If you think about this as you're listening to what I'm saying, think about the areas where you see your porn shops and your check cashing places. Those are typically your financial deserts. So, 49.3% of all African-American households, 45% of all Latino households are underserved, right? We just don't have access to some of these different things. That's what they call underserved. But let's dig a little bit deeper. Um, the underserved African-Americans, 18% are unbanked, no bank accounts. 31% are unbanked, meaning they have a bank account, but they're still using check cashing, porn shops, renter center, payday loans, huge. That's approximately 8.8 million American households that we're speaking of. Of the Latino population, because those are our brothers, right, 16% are unbanked, no bank accounts. 29% are underbanked. That's over 7 million Latinos in this country. More than 57% of unbanked Households, no bank account whatsoever, use alternative financial institutions for basic everyday needs. 9.5 of the average, of 9.5 of the average underserved household's income is spent on interest and fees from alternative financing sources. Okay? That's the same amount of money that they spend on food. So the same amount of money that people use or spend on getting a money order or check cashing. I mean, isn't it kind of, you know, interesting that someone charges you money to get your own money? That's what the check cashing industry is, right? So it, it, it's funny. And the porn shops that are out there. So the same percentage they spend on fees throughout the year is the same percentage they spend on money. Just phenomenal. It's about 10% of their income. Go a little bit further, if I may. Yeah, isn't it? It's amazing. And we all know people that live under the radar, right? So 25500 is the average income of someone who's underserved. That's what we kind of call them. Now, the average payday loan borrower takes eight loans, payday loans, a year. Payday loans can cost the bar anywhere between an average of $375 in fees per year. The average, this costs an average of $520 in interest. Underserved consumers in 2015, a couple of years ago, spent $4.9 billion in fees at porn shops, $2 billion in interest charges in check cashing places. These are some staggering numbers when it really comes down to it. Three, 391% is what the average annual interest rate for most payday loans. And last but not least, African Americans, right? African Americans are three times as likely as whites and twice as likely as other minorities to rely on payday lending, which has been outlawed in New York and a couple other places as predatory. So these are definitely money drainers. Uh, we thought this was a very interesting thing to talk about people in our community. So some of the, the, the answer 
or some of my other partners who were on there. Uh, mobile banking uh, through bank. Uh, you guys can go to bankmobilevibe.com uh, to help you establish a bank account, you know, online. And there's no fees with that company. So you go to, you know, if you have a, an account with them and you go get money out of Citibank or some other company, they'll wind up refunding you the fees. So we just looked at a lot of different ways to help people in these communities. Um, and banking is huge. And then obviously, Ira, and I'll, I'll open up to you. You can comment, piggyback, but hopefully everybody looks at those numbers. If you know people like that, try to speak to them about some alternative using technology, because that's what we talked about, using technology to get those bank accounts and do those things that you couldn't get before if you did not have access to a banking institution in your immediate area. I know where I live, I can walk to multiple banks in my area, right? And I also know what the, the average price of the homes are in my area as well. But not everybody lives in that, that, that kind of a, a space. So utilize technology to still get access to online banking and be able to move money. Then I piggybacked on the fact that obviously now that you have a bank account, you know, me and my partners at Credit Concepts, you know, we build out personal credit and having some phenomenal success with building out business credit, right? We want you to control two profiles. If you have an EIN number, that's a nine-digit number that you can get credit on as well as your social even easier, in fact. We guarantee approvals on EIN numbers. Don't just use that to file your taxes. Certainly contact us. And I'm Jeff at creditconcepts.com. That's credit with a K, concepts with a K. You must build out your business credit. But the key is you have to leverage the bank because credit is leverage. And uh, your bills are heavy. You want to buy a house? That could be heavy. A car is heavy. Opening up a business is heavy. And you need credit to leverage that weight of the expense of a car, a home, maybe places like an apartment, a student loan, a business loan. So credit kind of goes hand in hand, and it is the new background check. So my, our goal is we're in the approval business. We're looking for people that need to get approved for things. You know, that's who we partner with uh, when it comes down to we, we, we're the, not just a credit company. We're the approval company. We we add things to the report, remove lots of things to the report, but um, that's another facet. But it was just a very interesting panel. Um, hopefully, just even in the 10 or 15 minutes, you guys can understand that it was a very, very deep dive in understanding how to, number one, even be on the radar. Millions of people are off the grid. They're not even competing in any way, shape, or form in this economic society that we live in, so you can understand what kind of lifestyle that they're living. They're just living day-to-day, -day, uh, not leveraging the capitalist society uh, uh, that we live in here. So, Ira, I talked a lot, a little bit, a lot, maybe. You might have some things you want to chime in and say, but that's what that yeah. couple of days was like and that panel, so I'll, I'll defer to you at this point. And, you know, that was awesome because everything that you just said, all those statistics and um, that you just talked about was stuff that's real, right? You know, we're not talking about Trump right now, right? We're not talking about people in the White House. We're not even talking about President Obama when he was in the White House. We're talking about your community. We're talking about your house. We're talking about your choices. And, and maybe some of the things that you're doing right now that 
say, hey, I didn't even know why I needed a checking account or, hey, I didn't even know I needed to be aware or being proactive about making sure my credit was, was stellar. But we're telling you right now that there are things going on in this country, right? There are things going on that if you're not at the table, if you're not being proactive about making sure that you have a, some type of voice, and I'm not talking about you speaking. I'm talking about your voice can be what you reach in your pocket and grab. Right? What do you pull out of your wallet? That's also another, another form of communication in your voice. If you're not doing those things, then as you say, Jeff, without credit, you are disenfranchised in this country. And I love that quote that you always say because it's so true. And we see that with these numbers right here on a daily basis. And another thing I want to point out, too, when you're talking about, you know, what's in your community, do you see a lot of banks or do you see pawn shops? Do you see um, – check cashing um, institutions, we, we can even go deeper than that because guess what also you see? Liquor stores, gun stores, a lot of dollar general, not knocking dollar general, family dollar at all, but typically you see some of these, you know, type organizations in, um, I want to say, you know, impoverished communities, gun stores, pawn shops, check cashing. You're not seeing B of A, Chase's, Wells Fargo, you know, you're not seeing these type of, or, or you know, smoothie places or just, you know, gyms. You know, I've seen some of these places in, in some of our areas, and I love the fact that the National Action Network is calling this out, and they're really getting, holding people's feet to the fire saying, what can we do about this? Because I'm a firm believer that, you know, people, I generally believe that if you know better, you'll do better, right? And a lot of, I think, in, in my opinion, some of the issues are that we just lack that education on knowing how important things are. And to me, it sucks because if you're uh, an adult, right, and you don't have an account, and you don't even have the, like, it doesn't even pop up in your mind that credit is important. When you have a kid, you're not passing them anything, right? You're not stressing to them the importance of making sure their financial lifestyle is in order. You're, they're going to be learning the same thing. They're looking at your actions and learning the same thing that you're doing, and then we call that generational decision-making, right? It's going to be a trickle-down effect. Then we're going to have generations after generations of people that are just having making bad, poor financial decisions, and it, that's, that's never going to be good, right? But, you know, Jeff, man, just, when I hear statistics like this, it hurts my heart because I know people like this, right? I know people that don't that? have accounts. You know, I know people that, you know, can't get loans. Not only can't get loans, but necessarily don't even care. Like, oh, I don't need credit. I, I got cash. Um, you know, and you always hear that, that phrase, cash is king. <laughs> but that's, that's true until you try to go buy that mortgage, right, or you try to buy that home you know, and, and, or buy a mortgage or a house in an area that's conducive to raise a family, I'll say. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's sad, man. It's so sad. It really is. It really is. And, 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 and that's why, I mean, you know, you know, we do a lot of outreach, you know, um, in, in credit concepts. And just, but we're going to be launching a new site called RaiseTheCredit.com. So we're very excited about that. You know, our mantra is if we raise the credit, we, we believe that we can raise the community because just access to capital and money and access to credit and capital and money means access to opportunity. You know, very important. I believe that all of us, either if you're a progressive person within the last year or a year from now, someone's going to present you with an opportunity to maybe potentially change the trajectory of your family's life forever. could be a generational decision, but you might not be in position because of that word called credit. And, you know, we just look back, you know, in terms of the outreach, just kind of piggyback on that. 
That's why it's necessary. That's why I appreciate your show. I appreciate the guests you have. And, you know, we know we have to go into our communities to help them understand some of these opportunities that are out there for them. There's a lot of intelligence, you know, inner city, outer city. There's a lot of intelligent people there, but they have to be reached. So there are truly a, a lot of food and financial deserts. And hopefully, um, you know, with technology, we can help people move away from check cashing places, right? Uh, you know, not having a bank account, not ranking, not rating, just being off the grid completely. Because if you're off the grid, you know, then your children, for a large part of their life, they're off the grid. If you don't have a bank account, they don't have a bank account. I'm sure most of us can remember, that's one of the, I know my parents did this back in the days with a passport. They put, listen, this is your bank account. This is where you save your money uh, and maybe eventually learn to invest. But we have to help people understand the decisions you're making with porn shops and payday loans. These things cost a lot of money, and they're generational decisions that were going to impact, you know, your last name for a long period of time. So we just don't want you to be the role model because you can teach your kids how to eat right. You can teach them how to go to church, teach them how to get dressed, teach them how to play basketball. You know, you coach them in football and basketball. You teach them all these different things you know, how to, you know, hang out with the right people. I get that. Got to be balanced. But pull out your credit report. Pull out your bank statement. Show them how much you saved. Show them, hey, this is what happens when you don't pay a bill on time. You're going to get it late. Show them the good and the bad when it comes down to it because that's how we all learn, right? Not every test we get 100. We get some wrong. But if we don't get some of them wrong, then – we never really know, you know, in terms of you have to, some, some of them are going to get wrong. Then you know you, you, you weren't thinking the right way, right? You didn't have the right answer. So now since it was marked wrong, now I can learn what the right answer is because I got it wrong. Well, we need to teach the next generation, if we get it wrong, what's the right answer on this test? So just a few words for the team, Aaron. We're real passionate about it because we see so many people struggle um, and there's really not a need to. It's just lack of information, education, and then application, right? Information, education, application. That's right. That's right. Man, I, again, I always love having you on the show, man. You always you just energize me and empower me. And shout out to Credit Concepts. I mean, you guys were just, you know, uh, uh, there was an interview on The Breakfast Club, I want to say last week or maybe the week before, um, and mm-hmm. gave you guys a shout out from Breakfast Club. Like he was one of your ambassadors. So, congratulations. You guys are making moves, man. I'm hearing your name everywhere. So, shout out to your yeah, organization. Um, it's you're, only you're the beginning, man. No, I really appreciate that, man. It's only the beginning. We, we got some plans that are going to be just absolutely stellar, you know, going into it. Blessed to have an A rating, blessed to have an actual center where people can walk into, haven't pulled their credit report in years. There's many people, they're scared. It's like the doctor. I don't want to see what's yeah. on it. No, you have to see what's on it. You know what I'm saying? And just we don't care what your score is. The bottom line, I, I don't I don't fault you for not knowing or having bad credit, but I will fault you for not addressing it. That's the issue. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you're right, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, you know, anytime you need us here at I Talk Credit, let us know when you're doing things in the community. We have new initiatives coming on. You're always welcome. Um, to come up here and share with the listeners. 
because they need to know that there are organizations out there like who care about people who are really putting their you're, – you're putting your, your money where your mouth is, one, and you're putting your, your words, you know, not words, but basically what you say you're going to do, you're doing it. You're out in the community. You're in the prisons. You're in the schools, and you're teaching, right, and you're challenging people, and you're, and you're pushing them to do better, to learn, to empower them, to educate them. And, and, again, to challenge him, everything that we stand for here on this show. So we appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. I want to get to you. Next time we get a slot open, we want to hammer home this business credit thing. We really want to talk about that and the benefits of it. And I'm going to challenge all your business owners, if you don't have a Paydex score, a Dunn's number, you know, and, and a Teller score and all that other good stuff, we're going to really talk about how to develop that and get approvals and we're going to talk to your people on how to get about $50,000 of business credit in a very, very short period of time within about four to five or six months. And we're going to talk about your people that have TIN numbers and might not even have a social, how they can develop business credit as well. So that's the next phase. And I appreciate you, man, because we want to have these open discussions about credit. We don't want to take away the skepticism. Somebody, I gave some guy my money, and I can't find him. I don't know where he's at. He's got some phony email account. We want to, you know, uh, 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 change that conversation, uh, that it is something that's above ground, and it can be something that's, that can be done, and, and, and we can really assist some people with getting the approvals they need to go. So, you know, if you got a dream and you want more out of life, you're going to have to come through the credit door. It's that dream car, that dream house, that education, that degree for the most part, that business you want. You're going to have to come through this door in some way, shape, or form. So let's let's get there sooner than later. So, Ivan, man, I appreciate you, Buck. And, uh, you know, whatever you need, I'm always here for you. And I'm going to be excited when you bring my man, Ash Cash, on as well. I know that's coming up in a couple of weeks. wrote the book called What the Fight Go. So uh, I think that's going to be great as well. That's going to be amazing. I can't wait to have him on the show, man. And thank you for that introduction and, and helping us get him on the show. I appreciate that. Absolutely, man. That's what it's all about, man. And I hope you guys, your listeners, really tune in and appreciate what you're doing for the community to give a forum and a platform. And, again, we discuss some things that affect us in the inner city. You know what I mean? A lot of times we watch the news and we all can't relate. We need to talk about some things that impact us. And, you know, I got friends, family members, cousins, aunts, uncles. This is the world that we live in. So, you know, we believe we can definitely uh, help the community out and uh, and be counted. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. And we'll be in touch soon to have you guys back on so you can talk about business credit and get that discussion going. We might even do a whole month-long, um, you know, campaign on just business credit and make sure people are aware that that's, that's Business credit is something that you can possess, right? It's not this mystical <laughs> thing that people talk about that you can't have access to. So, yeah, I definitely want to um, hit that hard, man, next time we can. Yeah, brother. Indeed. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it now. They've got a great educated audience and stuff. We want them to, uh, to really get that information. It's definitely life-changing, and uh, we're very excited about it, man. So I'm here whenever you need me, and definitely I'm all about that campaign. Let's talk about business leveraging a whole set of the banking industry that most people don't know. They personally guarantee everything. Like the brother said on the call earlier, whatever you want to say, he talked about restaurants. 80% of businesses do go out of business within the first two years. Shame on you if you personally guarantee everything. Not only impacting your business, but you're also putting your family at risk as well on their personal credit and whatnot. So 
very intelligent business people, they separate those two. So let's, uh, you guys stay tuned. We're going to roll that out. Iowa, as soon as we get back on the, on the horn, you know, let's, let's talk about how we can uh, and help some folks out in that fashion. That's next up, man. We'll do it. It's already done. I right, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. All right, that was Jeff Broom, Vice President of Credit Concepts, based out of Bronx, New York. Uh, man, he just spit a whole bunch of facts and a whole bunch of statistics out of about things that are going on in our world um, between underbanked and unbanked. And there are literally people out here that are, like you said, off the grid, disenfranchised. Um, so we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to make sure we go deeper and deeper every time we have this discussion because you need to hear the real. You need to hear the relevant discussion. We're not going to sugarcoat anything. We're going to challenge you. We're going to bring you the information, but once you get it, it's up to you to use it. You know, you have two people on here that gave you their information. Jeff Broome, Credit Concepts, Chris Frederick, Chris Credit Solutions. Um, they're willing to help. Now it's up to you. What are you going to do? The ball's in your court. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to wrap things up with Death to the Score. And we're going to talk about my over money. All right? So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. I Talk Credit, Captain of the Network. By 18 the hard way, I have a humble thinking by gunplay. Now who the f wanna play with guns? A lot of a lot of blood, dog. So I suggest you don't play with my chain. I see these holidays to let play with your brain. The street why the name is warm. The product's white sauce born. Pippin' I'm so proud. I take this parachute off, I might fall and die. Wrap the work like spandex with the late texture. Then we ship it out of town. Call it safe sex. Coat check. 
They say the truth shall come to the light. So everybody grab your shades, cause your boy that bright. Good night. When they night. say that new G's, all the dope boys go crazy. Yeah. And watch the dope boys go crazy. I pop my collar, then I swing my chain. If you kiss me in the club, if it's doing my thing. Hey. Welcome back to I Talk Credit Radio Show. This is your host, Ira Royal. And, man, we just had a breathtaking show today. We had uh, Mr. Chris Frederick with Chris Credit Solutions come through and talk about profit and loss. We had Mr. Jeff Broom, Vice President of Credit Concepts, come on talking about his panel discussion on the National Action Network last week. Gave us a lot of good statistics and information, things that are really happening in our communities um, and, and things that we can take control of, right? Relevant things that, hey, if we have a plan of action, we're dedicated, we're aware, if we're at the table in the game, um, and we can change some of the things that are going on. And that's always good. So right now we're going to do death to the score. And as always, death to the score is about focusing on the mentality, it's about focusing on our behaviors, focusing on our commitment, and not just putting all of our time and all of our thought into three scores that, again, I say at, on every show, most people don't even know how those three stores are created, right? There is a concept to it, but most people in the general community, they just see three scores for each bureau, and that's how people make decisions based on their life. But I think we need to flip that. I think we need to really focus on our mind, focus on our daily behaviors, focus on what type of plan and where do we our legacy and where do we see ourselves in the future. And those things combined with positive positivity, motivation, and empowerment, education, You'll have a result of higher credit scores. You'll have a result of saving more money. You'll have a result of being successful when it comes to your financial lifestyle if you can get the mentality right. So we're kind of taking a different approach to it because I don't want to start with three digits. I want to start with the credit score. I want to start with your mind first. That's what I want to do. So real quick, we want to talk about mind over money. And what that means to me is you have to be focused, again, on your mentality, on your mind, and not just how much money is in your pocket. But really have a... a focus on, you know, what does money mean to you? And not counting it, right? But what are you using it for? Are you using it to, to, to you know, help your, your your life in terms of you want to purchase a home, you want to be in a more safe environment, you want to have transportation, you want to leave some for your kids, some type of legacy, you want to start a business. You know, don't let the money run your life. Let the why you know, let the why be the passion that motivates you to get up every day and get on your grind, right? It's not those dollar signs, but it's what's behind those dollar signs. It's the why, it's your mind, mind over money. Money is something that deceives a lot of people. You have people with a lot of money that are depressed, right, because they haven't found their passion. They haven't found that why. You need to find your why. Because once you find that why, no matter where you are in life, whether it's up or down, whether you're in a valley or whether you're in a peak, You'll have some type of encouragement. You'll have some type of motivation to stay on your path because you understand your why. And that's very important, right? Sometimes that why is what's going to keep you in a relationship. You can be in a relationship for years and years and years. And, and you know, you might wake up one day and you might feel different than you wake up until the next day. Not saying you don't love that person, but, you know, we change. Our emotions change. They shift. But if you understand that why, why you're with that person, what they bring into your life, what they mean to you, how they've changed your heart, changed your mind, then those days will come 
that you can breach right through them because you understand why you're there in the first place. So everybody to figure out that why. Focus on your mind, not what's in your pocket. All right? That's what Death to the Score is all about. So next week, we have Ms. Angela Mitchell from Equifax. We have some money from a bureau. She's a consultant. She talks to credit bureaus around the country. And she's going to give us a different aspect of credit, right? She's going to talk more from the company standpoint on what they're doing to foster different products and our communities that are here to help us. Some of their verification measures, so when we go through our credit, we know that they know that it's us doing it and it's not a fraudulent person trying to steal our identity. And that's just as important. Just as important as credit restoration on the personal side, Understand that you have companies out here that are doing what they need to do behind the scenes, um, some of the banks, some of the bureaus, to make sure that you have a good experience when it comes to finding out information about your credit. You know, that's again, that's super important. So we're gonna have her on the show. You know, we're gonna have my man Mike Todd. He's gonna come. Mike Todd, I'm sorry, he's gonna come on the show, um, and he's gonna give us more about his global initiative at Promacy Project. So you listening to I Talk Credit? This is your host, Ira Royal. I want everybody to have a blessed day. I love you. And do something to, to help somebody else. Each one, teach one. Mentor somebody. Pick somebody up. Um, because if you're a better person, you'll make your community better. If your community is better, your city will be better. If your city is better, your state will be better. If your state is better, our nation will be better. And we could all use a better nation, right? All right. Have a wonderful day. See you next week. Rock away. Rock away.